We have we have a um, disturbing in a good way for for a Apocalypse poster. Now. <laughs> I think Smashing Padme is our alternate Padawan shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Oh my goodness! I, we... I can't, dude. I cannot I, get that out of my head. That's I think you just permanently ruined I... that scene with me oh my of Obi Wan just standing at <laughs> no, the top no, with his arms on his hips. Oh Hold on. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Padawan Podcast from Apocalypse Movies. My name is Jake Berlin, a.k.a. Qui-Gon Jake, as I go on the show. And this is our all-Star Wars show. We're breaking down everything from the galaxy far, far away. And today, we are specifically talking two different things. One is the Mandalorian docuseries that's been airing on Disney+. And the main topic for today is Solo. Uh, the reason why is because it has been deemed make Solo to happen a week, essentially. Um, that was this past Monday, and we're going to be talking solo, kind of going back in time a little bit and uh, discussing the movie and possibilities for a sequel and what we think of the movie. So to do that with me today, per usual, is the normal crew. I got Obi-Wan Jacoby right there in the middle. How you doing, man? Hello there. I'm pretty good, man. How are you? Good. And then we got Grand Admiral Cena over there on the right-hand side. How you doing over there, Brian? Doing well. Doing well. Trying not to melt. That is very true. Yes, we are. We are now in prime California heat, and it is not feeling too well. <laughs> no, it's 103 right now, if you're wondering. Yeah, it, it's what, eight, 18 at night? That's just yeah. not fair. That is no. just not fair. That's why I'm glad I live in a small apartment. I just blast the AC. It's good <laughs> to go. It's cold in here in like 10 minutes. Brian, you got to be doing the same thing, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I will pay for my comfort, all right? I, <laughs> I, I try to go as long as I can, and then once I just hit that point, I'm like, nope, and then it just runs. So, <laughs> um, Yeah, so we're going to be starting off with the Mandalorian docuseries, uh, the Disney Gallery show, and we had the last two episodes to talk about. We did a kind of doing a little catch-up on, on the series so far, and so we're now caught up on three and four. We have the cast episode, and then we have the technology episode. Um, I'll just say this right off the bat. Episode four is one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my entire life. It's, it, it's <laughs> incredible. I, and I, I mean, I love myself technology. And when you combine that with Star Wars and we know what Star Wars has done in the past for technology. I mean, I watched it twice in a row because I was so like enamored by it. It's it, it it's absolutely mind blowing. Like it is absolutely mind blowing the way John Favreau's head works. I would just love to see that like from an inside out perspective of what it actually looks like to see his head going, you know, back and forth on all these projects he does. It's He's a genius, he, man. He, yeah. I mean, it, it's, this show is slowly starting to show you like why when Dave Filoni and John Favreau team up together, it's just absolute brilliance because the way those two's minds work is unlike anything uh, I've ever seen someone do. It's it's incredible just their thought processes or the way they think about things. It's beyond your standard movie, TV, video game. I mean it's it's it's, it's incredible. Yeah, I honestly like I was at totally like not able to keep up with the techno like the technology <laughs> they were actually curve. talking the about. Yeah. But like I was still fascinated just of what it was accomplishing. I get what they were saying, but like this was my first time ever hearing about these some of these things. So it was really cool to see some of it. And especially how like they're able to do things that George Lucas wanted to do, but he couldn't. And like you said, Star Wars has always been at the forefront of advancing technology in film and it's like this show is at the forefront of advancing this technology and like tv shows and streaming and being able to make them cost effectively while look like still feeling large so it it i think it was probably the most like informative episode so far for sure yeah i i'm how much i'm with i'm 100 with you I, I was watching the entire time thinking to myself man could you imagine if George Lucas got his hands on this and then they go to the George's garage stuff? I know. Oh yeah. Totally made sense. But yeah, it's just, 
it's crazy. And you and you're listening like just in the very beginning of the episode. I love how they started. And I know we're not talking about three too much because four is like four is just genius. But um, the beginning of the episode, how they just essentially put the camera on John Favreau and he went through all the movies that he's been doing and yeah. talked about how the technology has grown. And I, I can't believe that he like we knew the technology on the Lion King was incredible, but he literally filmed the film in VR, which is yeah, I, I, that is, that is so mind blowing to me that he was literally had a joystick in his hand and he was following the herd of of animals through the through the quarry on the Mufasa scene with a VR and goggles to film it like that is insane to me. Yeah, it's it's incredible how like video game technology is able to just influence anything. Like, I mean, you have video game technology being used in the military, in video games, just standard video games, movies, television, that whole thing. It just, it seems with every single like year, it just gets even more crazy advanced. And it took me like, half this the fourth episode to realize that when they were talking about that volume it wasn't like the tv volume like <laughs> I, I was like why didn't they keep talking about like the volume sound and then just once it like broke it down i was just like holy cow can you imagine being i remember just being amazed when here in Sacramento, when they had the dome theater and it was kind <laughs> of like, kind of like that. Can you imagine being fully encompassed in, in a world that's fake, but parallax. parallax. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's insane. Like, and it's funny because when they were talking about, um, the lava scene at the very yeah. end, like they showed it in, even for like the like three seconds they showed it, I was like, is the boat moving? And it's not. And then right after um, uh, she says, uh, yeah, I was getting motion sickness. I was like, I would throw up immediately thinking because it looks real. It looked absolutely real. I can't even I can't even imagine being an actor acting like that and just doing your stuff and just seeing that like out of the corner of your eyes or like um carl weathers was saying he was looking forward acting and the tunnel was getting bigger and behind him it was getting smaller and he couldn't even concentrate like on what he was saying because he was just watching the stuff it's it's incredible absolutely incredible yeah i was thinking about how like man it's they went from like, okay, we have no option but to go shoot on practical sets, fly to other countries and shoot these scenes to like, oh, let's just build it and stay in LA or wherever they are in Hollywood and and uh, film it there. And I'm like, well, I don't know which one is like cheaper. I guess building it and doing it in Hollywood is cheaper. I'm, a, I'm guessing because I'm like, wouldn't you, you want to go find like some cool cave in another country that like looks cool but i guess that's what they used to do and now they're just like changing the game and just building all these sets and using technology so it's insane because i'm wondering as actors like what they prefer and to a lot of these actors it seemed like it was new to them working out with all these special effects and everything like carl weathers seemed to be very amused by it. and i my favorite person to hear talking in this is carl weathers especially from the actors mm -hmm. because yeah and in the cast episode because he's just yes. so he get, he goes in depth on what he's talking about and he's and i loved how he was saying how he wanted to read the script because he wants to make sure that like it's something that he can be behind and not just because it's star wars join it so i i have i heavily enjoyed these last two episodes yeah it was it was interesting going to the cast one um that he was originally supposed to die he was only supposed to be a, a supporting a two episodes. character in two episodes in the first and the third episode then he was going to die and he was originally going to be an alien and they're going to cover his face and then they they came to and they're like why we're idiots why would we do this i'm so um, glad they didn't do that yeah, yeah imagine right? hearing his Just voice for Carl Weathers. Weird, yeah yeah his I, voice in some weird alien like you'd be like oh that's carl weathers talking in an 100%. alien 
hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I and what you were saying, Jacob, about uh, what they prefer and everything, and and you know, going to sets and shooting in this. Um, I love how it's not just um, what they were saying is that it's not just all digitally created. Oh yeah, um, it's kind of like I, I love how they they said that they well they they go to they go to places and they're actually real photos that are digitally recreated to make them look bigger, so they're not pixelated. So like like for example, the cave where Mandalorian is fighting the Trandoshans in episode two, that's an actual place somewhere that someone took a picture of, and then they digitally recreated it to fit fit the parallax screen, which is mind-blowing because, um, you know, you're saving money on, on going to a different country and, and filming there, and you're, you're helping out our economy by doing so, and it, it's more accessible, and it, it creates more opportunities, and it just... It's very wild to think of that, and the cast episode is also a, a great. I love the Gino Carano stuff in that in that episode personally. Um, just hearing from her, and, and the one thing she said is like, "I've never felt more in a role than I have in this." And she's played some really big roles. Like she was in the Fast and Furious franchise, and she was in Deadpool, and she played Haywire. And you know, for for that for her to say that in this episode for this series. That's a big time deal. And it seemed like everybody involved was happy with her on top of just the directors and Favreau and Filoni. You know, Kathleen Kennedy seemed uh, pumped about her. The ILM people seemed pumped about her. Um, So it it was just it's really cool to get a behind the scenes look at a a show that is, you know, kind of pushing the boundary for not just television, but just, you know, film and camera esque uh, work in general. It's it's truly amazing to see. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. I, I agree. And the Gina Carano stuff was cool how they were talking about how she's art, like they don't have to train her for anything, like at, for combat scenes. Like she, she already knows, knows what to, to do. Yeah, she yeah. she takes she knows how to take a punch in the face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I I understand where she's coming from with the characters thing because if you, even if you look at her character in Deadpool, no depth, you know, nothing. She's like, had like just three lines. Yeah, just one dimensional. And this character has depth, has a past you know, is doing things for a reason and like doesn't want to help the Mandalorian, but does, and then helps this town and then joins, I forget Carl Weathers character's Reef name. Reef Karga. Reef Karga at the end. So like she had, this character is like, probably has the most debt than she's ever played before. I, I love that. They also, when they were envisioning her character, drew her before they passed yeah. her. Oh yeah. It was just like, I mean, that just kind of like made it more perfect. Um, and then the thing that I, I Jake, you kind of already said it. The thing I absolutely loved was when they brought George Lucas on it, on the set. And he literally was like, this is what I wanted to do with Phantom Menace. And da, 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 da. and then they were like, he was 10 years ahead of his time. And you could literally see Ten, by the way he was oh yeah yeah you're right you're right sorry did sorry. they say 10 years ahead of his time yeah, yeah sorry sorry yeah um that he literally was like everything he done he did he somehow figured out to do it with what was capable at that time but he was already like 10 years ahead thinking like this is what he wanted to do for the prequels it's 2020 right now prequel first prequel came out when 92 no oh, 99, 99 bro yeah i was trying not to age myself thinking it was <laughs> the, but hey, 99 but the prequels still look good too which is yes, crazy yeah like, and we we love, the, we love we love the prequels but just imagine this technology with the padre scene that's what i'm saying like it's funny because they f he said he wanted to do it for the yeah. prequels. We're saying he's t- 10 years ahead when really he was 20, almost 20 years ahead, over 20, 21 years ahead, thinking of this, this is what I wanted. It's a, who knows what he could have done or would have done had this been available to him. Yeah, what did they call that board? Like the, I forgot what they Parallax. called it. Like, Parallax. Was that what, oh, is that what it's called? But they like, we're calling the it screen? something else. The big like screen, something right? Something board or the something screen. Like it would have like a practical name. Like maybe it was the Parallax, but they were calling it something like a moving screen or something like that. But that thing was just so cool. 
They they should have just called it George's Garage. That's what they yeah, should have called it. They should have. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was cool. I love I love hearing that story from Bryce Dallas Howard before we move on about how how she heard about George's Garage, right? How he said, you know, however long we're gonna be doing all this stuff in our garage, and lo and behold, on the first ever Star Wars live action show. They're basically doing it outside of a, in a garage, just I mean, in a studio somewhere. In a studio lot garage. They're basically yeah. just big garages. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's really crazy to think about. And, and, you know, um, it really is, it puts the show in even more perspective, um, because we don't get to see the technological, technological aspect behind this stuff a lot. You know, we, we hear about it in certain, certain films. Like if a, if a movie pushes the boundary as far as like, you know, um, Christopher Nolan doing this for his new film or, or whatever it may be, but we don't actually get to see it physically and actually seeing how it plays out is, is a pretty big treat, um, for anybody who's watching this. Yeah. It, I mean, if you would have told us that those desert scenes were shot in a desert and they just built the set, I would have believed you. Like I, a hundred percent. Like I would have had no doubt. Yeah. That's they, they probably went to some deserted place and built a set and shot the scenes there. It's in a freaking warehouse with a big TV screen surrounded that they just made a yeah. little, a little portion of it. And it, and as, speaking of making, I was blown away with the, uh, like the prop sets that they made, like the razor crest thing is freaking huge and it's just mm -hmm. like a quarter of the ship and it's like they'd stand next to it and you're like whoa like this thing is ginormous or like when they sh my favorite thing i think was when they showed him from the front angle where he's sitting in the pilot seat and just all the stars, the stars. and stuff are going but it's just like that that gave me chills because i'm like that's can you imagine like being a fan of star Wars and then being in something like that and just seeing that uh, I would, I would just go berserk and it, it's, it's crazy and awesome to get to see the small things like that. Cause people love to see it just like when they showed uh, how a new hope was made, how he had the little models and everything. It's incredible because these movies and TV show now are changing the way we do things and it's it's who would have thought a simple star Wars show like this would revolutionize how people are doing things like this. So it's, it's incredible. And the more technology and the more that they get their hands on stuff, it's just going to get even more insane. Yeah, well, that that go ahead and that's going to go ahead and wrap up our uh, our Disney Gallery Mandalorian talk there. And we're going to move into our main topic um, for the next uh, maybe like 30 minutes or so, somewhere around there. And like I mentioned up top, guys, we're going to be talking about Solo. Um, and the reasoning behind this is because um, Make Solo 2 Happen Day happened this last Monday. Um, this All this credit is due to the Resistance Broadcast, who is a part of StarWarsNewsNet.com. Um they are a podcast that I, I personally follow. I listen to them. They're great. Um, John James and Lacey over there. They, they did this for the shirts. first time. Yeah, they do. Um, John James and Lacey over there. They, they did this last year and um, it was a massive hit. Like it was trending worldwide. It came out of nowhere. Um, people started buying shirts and, and just, you know, tweeting and Instagram and all that stuff. And of course, bringing it back annually on the day that Solo was released, May 25th. Um, and so this is the two year anniversary of the movie. And this one was even bigger, getting over 20,000 tweets hitting number two tw Twitter trending, which is massive. Wow. Um, and that was all before like 11 a.m. our time, which is just insane to think about. Um, and so we're going to talk about We're going to talk about Solo and and not just our feelings on the movie and maybe a couple things that we personally like about the movie, um, but maybe some things that maybe have hindered it uh, and, and things that we can, uh, or an idea we'd like to see for the future, whether it's a sequel uh, movie or a sequel series. Um, and so I kind of want this to be an overall just open discussion about the movie, um, not necessarily a review, but just kind of a, a rundown of it. Um, I watched it again today. Uh, I watched it. Uh, I popped it on. And so I was able to watch it, which I haven't seen it in a while. And I the movie's so much fun. Like, that's the one thing I could say about it is that it's truly just a fun, adventurous movie. Um, it has a lot of good in and outs, but 
the biggest thing that I walk away from the movie is that it truly is just a fun, adventurous, you know, kind of like almost like a kid feeling type of Star Wars movie. Yeah, it kind of does feel like that. I just rewatched it too. Like I just finished it like an hour ago. And I always liked this movie, like from the day we left the theater. And I, I just don't understand like how people give such negativity to like The Last Jedi when they don't like it. But then this movie, like it neither got high praise nor high hate. It just was there. And maybe it has to do with a lot of, maybe as many people didn't see it, but I, out of all the, how many movies have we had in the new era? Five, Yeah, I believe. Like to think like this movie for a lot of people might be their least favorite, but for me, it's like my third favorite or out of these. So I, I like it a lot, but it's weird. Like I, as much as I like the movie, I still don't know like if I accept Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo. Like that's the what? hard part. Yeah. I mean, uh, I just, shocking to me. it's like, it's hard to do that um, because it's not, it's not just a random character. Like it's a, a character who one person has played for the whole whole time we've seen the character. So like, I, I almost like, I was trying to imagine it. Like what if that character wasn't Han Solo? And it was, this was just like a fun space Star Wars movie. Like, I think it would have been received better, but I like, I personally enjoy it a lot. It's sitting at 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way. That's pretty damn good. Like that's higher than I well, would expect. Infinity War is at like seventy three or something. That's something to put it in perspective. Is it really? Yeah. Oh wow, that's interesting. Yeah. First off, you can't go off those. Sometimes they're right. Sometimes they're wrong. In this case, <clears> I think I'm just, I was just, I was just saying. You know. No, I know. No, I'm just saying. Like sometimes they're absolutely right. Sometimes they're absolute crap. What what is Rogue One at? I'm curious to see what that one would be. Rogue at. One's at like an 87 or something. Okay, so that's let pretty, me look. That's pr- yeah, that's pretty accurate then. Uh, for the Rogue One's at 84. Okay, well that was a great movie. So, um, I love this movie. I out of the two non the like saga spinoffy movies, I've I've watched this one more because I think Ro- Rogue One is fantastic but it's a heavy movie this one's fun i think solo's more rewatchable to be honest it, it is even though i like rogue one more i think solo's more rewatchable yeah. yeah um you kind of i feel like you kind of have to be in a mood to watch rogue one just because it's it's not happy go lucky star wars um Never. what no go no no, no no i'm not gonna say it. no 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 i'm not gonna say it i don't no, want anybody taking it the wrong way no, no no i don't want anybody taking one the wrong way it's fine I'm gonna wait until you. No, say go it. ahead, Brian. <laughs> Just stay quiet, Brian. Go ahead, please move uh, on. Uh, I. It's funny because the thing that probably scared me the most when this movie was made was Alden Eyre. I can't say his name. Alden Eichenreich. Is that right? <laughs> Alden Ehrenreich. I, Ehrenreich. Ehrenreich. I Ehrenreich. It's technically Ironreich, but Ehrenreich works. Okay. That guy. That's the German in me. Yeah. Um, I, he was the thing I was scared about the most. And I absolutely love him in this movie. He, his timing (laughs) with the Han Solo type, like little like comebacks and stuff like that. It, to me, that is Han Solo. Like he does that. And that's, and if you do that, you embody a huge part of that character and the way he plays off of all the other characters. It's so reminiscent of how he was in the originals. I absolutely love this cast. I think it's one of the best cast movies that we have gotten out of all of them. Um, Cause Donald Glover is fantastic as Lando. F- fantastic. Uh, Amelia Clark as Kira is. Uh, she's one argue, arguably sometimes steals that movie because you're more polarized by what she's doing. Uh, to be honest. I would love this movie and want it a sequel, even without 
the way it ended with uh, Maul being the surprise guy like that. It was still a great movie that just happened to make it that much better. But it's I, I love this movie. It's one of those ones that if I'm kind of like still awake and I want to fall asleep to something, it's nine out of ten times probably the movie I'm going to fall asleep to just because it makes me like it. it's one of the a feel good movie. So, yeah, I, I, I really want a sequel bad out of this one. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we're all in agreement on that. Um, we get we can talk about that. Maybe before we get to that, let's let's kind of discuss maybe uh, what may have hindered it from uh, being considered a successful movie or or having sequel talks right away like typical Star Wars movies get. Um, I personally think that a large part of it has to do with the marketing that was involved with it and the release date selection. Um, those are kind of the two that I go towards. And, and when I say when I say marketing, um, I mean uh, strictly just footage that was released and timing of that footage. Um, I know a lot of people may go directly towards the offset uh, problems that it had with the Chris Ward and Phil Miller's or Chris Miller and Phil Lord stuff. <laughs> Um, their names, I get to mix their names up all the time. Um, but I, I stray away with that. I stray away from that because that happened over a year before the movie was actually released. I know it's still a huge issue with Lucasfilm in general, but as far as the movie success go, um, I really do think that, uh, marketing and mostly the release date is a major issue because the movies at 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, like you don't see a lot of 70% movies that feel like they're 25% movies. Like this feels like we're talking about a 25% movie when we talk about the majority of fans who relate to the movie. Um, and so, yes, while it does baffle me that there isn't a sequel talk or anything like that, um, it really, I honestly, it came down to the gritty selection of money for Lucasfilm. Like, look, this movie didn't make money. People don't want it. But I feel like a large part of that is because they, they stuck it in May thinking they can wrap up Memorial Day weekend uh, when it's not that type of movie. Well, Bob Iger admitted that he kept it in May Correct. so they can have a big movie in that, uh, that what do they call it, quarter of yeah. the, the yeah. economic quarter. So, like, we literally know the reason, and that's really unfortunate because they had they were coming off, what, four, three movies in a row that made a billion three. dollars yeah. um, being released in December? And it's like, why not stick to what's working? Uh, I think... This has to do with timing, not of the year, but timing of the franchise. Like, I think they should have waited to do this movie. Uh, I think coming off of The Force Awakens where we had Han Solo, uh, and it was just so fresh. Like, it's not like we hadn't seen Han Good Solo point. in 20 years. So I think they should have waited till after the Skywalker saga was over and then made this movie. And I think it would have done well. And I agree with you, Jake, that I don't think the Chris Lord and Phil Miller stuff had anything to do with it because the general fans have no idea about that. Like they don't even, they don't even know who those guys are. So that people aren't going to be like enough. People aren't going to say, Oh, I'm not going to go see it because of that. Like, and a solo movie being 73, like who knows what the other movie would have been like the Phil Lord and Chris Miller one. But I don't know if it would have been received better than this movie. And this movie is not even like, I feel like a lot of, I guess YouTubers that we follow don't like it. Like most of them don't like it. And that's why I was surprised that it's at 71% because mainly like that's where we're getting our like general feel for what people like about it, you know? So it's, it's hard. You can't listen, you can't listen to every critic. So it's hard to do that, but uh, I could have sworn it was lower, though, the, the Rotten Tomatoes score. Yeah, it's tomato score cause you're right. It feels like people talk about it like it's a 25% movie. Mm -hmm. It's it's and, higher than The Rise of Skywalker. And, yeah, and I, what I think the reason is, not the only reason, but my main reason is, like, the timing of, like, where they released the movie, when they released it franchise-wise. Like, they could have done, Rogue One was fine. Like, that was cool. It was coming off the return of star wars coming off the force awakens that was fine but this movie i think they should have waited for until after episode nine i agree that probably would have helped um i think for me the thing that i feel like 
hurt this movie was two things. One, the toxic fandom that came from The Last Jedi. Two, the quickness of how this movie came out. People were still throwing temp temper tantrums about The Last Jedi. They, people turned hard on Star Wars at that point and immediately were like, well, if that one's going to be bad, this is going to be bad because look at where it's going and blah, 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 blah. And they immediately killed this movie. Now, was it absolutely perfect? No, they had to basically shoot this movie twice. I mean, it that's obviously going to hurt it. But mix that with the negativity and the bullcrap that came off of The Last Jedi it was doomed to fail less than what five months, five months after a movie threw people up into this like whirlwind of we hate Star Wars now. We hate what Disney's ruining everything. Look at now they're gonna ruin Han Solo and all that. And and it doomed it. Now say maybe it was coming out. Well, it wouldn't be this year right now, but maybe this year or next year. Might be a different story. I mean, you give a little bit of a gap from the Rise of Skywalker, let that cool down, probably would have been a huge success. Um, but honestly, to me, the toxicness of and how close it came to Last Jedi, it was doomed from what from the beginning. Not to not even you didn't even have to mention all the other stuff of like the reshoots and the, the drama that was happening. People were still fuming, throwing fits, doing all this crap for, for the last Jedi. They, they didn't get that time to cool down. Like, like they did that year and a half gap to rise of Skywalker. It, it rise of Skywalker got dragged through the mud but not like the last Jedi on solo did. Is it a better movie than those two? Depends who you talk to, but solo was not a bad movie in the slightest. It just got, it, it just got caught in a wave or in a riptide, whatever. And it, there was no escaping it. It, it was, it was going to get dragged down at any point being that close to the last Jedi. Brian, you're right. Oh, go ahead. Think, go ahead. Yeah, well, I was going to say, like, if you think about it, the last Jedi came out in December, late December or mid December, right? Like 18th yeah. or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then, so the last Jedi, all this hate and negativity and how long was it in theaters for it? Must've been in theaters until at least February. Yeah. So then solos three months later, which is crazy. Like there was no time for this toxicness to die down. So I was going to say, that's just a great point. Yeah. I, I, I do like, um, I, I definitely agree with Jacob that they probably should have waited like, you know, five years after the force awakens came out or whatever, maybe to do this type of movie, kind of let the Han Solo thing die. Uh, I mean, let the Han Solo <laughs> thing move away. Um, Too soon. yeah, I know. I know. Sorry. Sorry. Um, but I do think that the movie would have, would have still really gotten gotten under its feet if it had just came out that next December. Just keep yeah, the year it would have been better. Like just keep the year like greed got in the way of Disney successfully allowing this movie to be what it should have been. Because like we've been saying, it's not a bad movie. Like mm -hmm. sure it has it every movie has bad things about it and it definitely has some negative things to it, but it's not a bad movie. And uh I did want to say um one thing though. Brian, you said that they basically had to shoot the movie twice. Is that the new? Is that the new uh, hashtag release? Release the original solo? No, <laughs> because this movie's great. The Lord movie, and it was it was a joke. Don't get all serious on it. No, me. no, no. I'm no, I'm not. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> oh my God. I'm not because I'm not going to even start because then it's going to spin into something else. Disney would never do that. The Lord and Miller no. cut. There we go. Let's start it. Release the Lord <laughs> and Miller cut. Uh, no. <laughs> On Disney I, know, the, I mean, the, the solo hashtags already out there. Hashtag make solo two happen. That's the hashtag. Yeah. If, yeah. if that movie. Now, if we would have gotten this version 
and it actually was absolute crap, then we'd have a different story. People would be attacking the movie, but you don't see people attacking the movie. No, there. Who's just attacking go look on this? Twitter and click click the hashtag Make Solo Two Happen and just look at the flood of tweets. Well, yeah, exactly. nobody nobody talks like they hate it. Like even the people that don't like it, the YouTubers, they just say like, I just don't bad. like it. Like yeah, they like, just say like, it they, doesn't work for me. Basically, uh, most of them most of them I say most of them I hear them say just say like, um, the movie's just there. Like it just yeah, happened. Exactly. Nobody says I hate this movie. Like it sucks. Nobody. I don't hear anybody say that. No one attacks Solo. Like they do, the Last Jedi, the Rise of Skywalker, Force Awakens. Or, no one attacks because that one was good. There are people that attack the Force Awakens. There, when it first came out, there was a lot of people saying, "Oh, it's a remake of A New Hope." Yeah, and all that stuff. So I'm even Solo has gotten less hate than that. I think it. Uh, I think it's gotten the. I think it's got the second less hate out of all of them because yeah. Rogue One was critically just like acclaimed oh, yeah. by everybody i don't even hear anybody talk bad about and it. and then no. and then like so for like fan reaction it essentially goes ro- it essentially goes rogue one solo force awakens low oh, it's I, hard between those two yeah coin toss that one's <laughs> yeah, really I mean, that, that's a tough one. i feel like it's still fresh like the <laughs> yeah. yeah honestly yeah. i feel like i feel like the last jedi is kind of like lightened up a little bit people are starting I, well, to kind of just like the has, reason yeah. why the reason why i would put the last jedi above the rise of skywalker is because for a lot of people the rise of skywalker made the last jedi better oh well i just binged watch all three in a row i was literally like and i did this within 24 hours i was like this is pretty I good actually I, I haven't I, done that what yet time do you have on your ta- on your hands <laughs> uh i had a reason that's you nine know. hours worth of movies jesus uh, coming from you, I will not hear any of it. What's wrong with me? You'll binge watch movies <laughs> nine hours in a day if you if you could. Yeah, well, I'm, not when I'm working. Well, who wouldn't? But is it, do we have time to? Don't I, even get me started because I'll go. <laughs> no, listen, I want to do that now. I'm not saying nine hours straight, yeah. but like at least three consecutive days. Like watch yeah. one a day. I've yeah, never yeah, watched yeah. them that close together. So I want to actually do that. really. I mean, this we're going off tangent but actually this time when i was watching it straight through i actually really enjoyed last jedi i even kind of like didn't mind shockingly the canto bite stuff this time around like it's still not great i'm gonna i'm gonna I, remove you from the stream yard now <laughs> go ahead because i don't even I, no, go ahead because i don't even know i can't believe myself i'm saying it hey i'll, but, I'll admit it and we'll, we'll get back on solo here in a second but i'll admit that the last time i saw the last jedi which wasn't too long ago, probably right before the rise of Skywalker. I didn't hate it either. I still yeah. despise the Luke stuff, but I yeah. do not hate the movie. I don't dislike it as much as I once did for sure. Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, all right, gentlemen. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up here with our final, final discussion on solo here and, and what we kind of want to see for a sequel, if we want to see one and we can go as far as detailed as, you know, revealing the story, or we can just talk about how we want it to be a movie or TV series. We'll go to one time here and kind of discuss it as we go along. Um, I'll just go right to you, Jacob. Uh, first of all, do you want to see something, and how do you want to see it? If so. I do want a, some type of continuation. I do. Uh, but I don't know if I want it to focus on Han necessarily. I don't know how much time is between the end of Solo and A New Hope. Because... Is did they say it uh, solo, solo takes place within the first 10 years of that 20 year gap? They made a giant, so there's there's more than half, there's more than 10 years. So there's between, like 10 years, there's like I, I want to say there's like 12 years between Solo and A New Hope. Okay, so we're assuming that if he went to Tatooine after getting the Millennium Falcon, that he went there, started working for Jabba, and then had been working for Jabba, doing jobs for Jabba and other people for like 10 years. Yeah, so that's yeah. probably what what the case was so that could be interesting but i want and i think we all probably want something like this i would love to see something focus on kira and uh what's going on of with course her. you would and well just because agree how she's no i, I do too. <laughs> well <laughs> well because it's amelia clark and she's amazing but also like just Fire. the crime syndicate world a dragon Crime Syndicate World and the uh, Crimson Dawn stuff. And look, 
I would love to see Maul in that, but you don't even have to have him. You could just, he could even just could, make a cameo, whatever. He could just be hologram presence. Exactly. Yeah. And all it needs to be. It could just be a situation where, okay, she's running this sector of Crimson Dawn and like, can it would basically be a, that underworld movie that they were talking about, or series that they were talking about in yeah. a way, but where she's like a crime boss, but it even better because we already know her from solo. We know that she's not necessarily a bad person. She's just trying to survive. And she who says does that, that sound like, who does that sound like Han kind of way? Who does that sound like Daenerys Targaryen? Oh, a little bit. Yeah. Well, yeah, but Daenerys is like, wants to be a queen. This girl's just trying to like, Survive. Hey man, you don't know that. She, maybe she might, she's she, trying to be the leader of Crimson. But, she might want to be. She might want to be Maul's queen. Who knows? Look, she she showed us that. Like, look, she got involved in this world, this life, and she can handle her. She learned how to fight. She can do all this stuff, and also that she still has a little bit of that heart in her. But ultimately, she chose. Well, she did. She did what she did partially to protect Han, but also she wanted. She would rather go off and live this life in Crimson Dawn than just be Han Solo's girlfriend. So she chose that. And I would love to see like, just kind of like a, not a mob story, but just like a criminal underworld story where she's a crime boss. Yeah, a, cr a crime, a cr I, yeah, a crime story. So that's, it's not really a sequel to Solo. Jacob, Queen just, Kira. Wants to, Queen Jacob Kira. just wants a Sopranos version of, uh... yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, um, but it would basically be a spinoff. Um, I don't know what it would be called, Crimson Dawn. I don't know, but that, I, you I don't need to make it. You don't need to overcomplicate it. That's perfect. Yeah, a Crimson Dawn starring Kira series on Disney Plus, rated TV like mature. All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brian, you're up next, man. Uh, so I looked. It's before Rebels, and there's it's a yes. pretty big, pretty big gap when you look mm. at the chart. Oh, okay. They have. They officially did. It's a pretty large gap. I want to now that I, I want to say Han is probably within like the twenty four to twenty six range, and I believe he's thirty three when we first meet him in A New Hope. So it's like it's like in between like six and twelve years or something like that, somewhere in that range. Well, yeah, the this giant chart that I'm looking at right now, it's pretty. It's not far behind Episode Three, but um, yeah. To be honest, I'm kind of torn on on it. I don't know if I would rather see a movie or a TV show because each of them, I feel like, gives their own advantage. Um, I kind of agree with Jacob in the aspect of if it is TV, I don't know if Han Solo would work as much as he would in a movie. Um, I feel like that he he's, he's a very good movie character uh i think people might have more of a problem with him if or have a problem with this younger version if it was drawn out on tv whereas these other characters basically anyone outside of han and chewy would probably work as a tv show um even lando i think lando would probably be a decent tv show type character too um but I, I don't know if I I don't know if I can see Han Solo and Chewbacca day in and day out do, as just kind of like this progressive thing. Now it would be kind of cool because you're gonna get more story out of a TV show than you are gonna get a movie. Movie you're gonna fit it, fit in probably one, maybe two stories in that two and a half hours max. Whereas if you get a TV show, you're going to get eight hours. So, well, actually you shouldn't even say eight hours. You're going to get eight episodes. So I, I don't, I don't know what I would rather have. I almost, if we're going to continue telling solo, I think I might rather have a movie. If you're going to tell like Crimson Dawn and all that, then maybe probably a TV show. Uh, I think it for me the big deciding factor is where are they, where are they going to go with the story of this? Because if it's going to stick to Solo and 
and his character in Chewbacca and stuff, then I probably would go movie. But if we're going to get into criminal aspect and stuff like that, maybe, maybe a TV show. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. I, but if I had to pick probably arm behind my back, I probably would go TV show just, just with the way, or excuse me, movie, movie. I would probably go movie. Yeah, I agree. If it's actual solo, then a movie. But I don't know if they would ever do it, man. I I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully they see that the fans want it, and maybe that'll happen. Um, yeah, I'm with you guys. I think that if just to quickly uh, say that I, if it was Crimson Dawn, which is I think the one that we all want to see, TV series works best for that specific story. Um, yeah. I think that it it just allows more time. Um, if they do something with Solo. I would like to see a movie personally. Um, but the one that we haven't talked about and that I would absolutely love to see more of is Amphis Nest and the Marauders. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that character is really, really rich and really prime for a very cool TV series. Um, I don't know if she can necessarily hold down a movie um, because I don't know how much story is there. But I do think that sh- there could be a really cool TV series based around her and and her marauders or maybe how that all happened um whether it's just a limited series or, or something like that uh re-watching it I, I forgot how cool and interesting that character really is and the reveal of them essentially being like uh a, another cell of the rebellion and and you know being outlaws who are working with someone they don't usually work with but because they have the same enemy they're working together and um that could be very very cool but you know if it comes down to it, um, I always want Star Wars on the big screen. And so I would obviously love a straight sequel following Han and Chewie. That's what I want to see. Um, but the thing that's more than likely that more likely to happen, I would probably say a Crimson Dawn TV series is probably the thing that'll more than likely happen. Because you can easily get Amelia Clark back on a TV series. She's done it before for years. And she she if she loved the character enough, if there's a rich story. You can probably do that and easily create a world around her um, after the way that movie left off. I just thought of a perfect way to do it, at least in my opinion. I think it would be kind of awesome and honestly kind of unique and clever for them to take this movie. We now have we have this movie brought in the Crimson Dawn storyline through a TV show. Maybe Han and Chewie appear in an episode, do it for maybe a season or two, and the story with the movie. With the second movie, go like that. Could be interesting. That could be very interesting. That's might be confusing cool, for people, but... but that they can do might things be, like that. It might now. it might be confusing, but you're gonna get you're gonna get the context of Crimson Dawn that you want. The what is she doing? How is she gonna pro because in the end, she's probably going to get to some point of pretty decent power. And I don't know if you can fit that all in, in the movie, but if you show this buildup of her, just this character on the rise and stuff, and then whatever happens come that set, that final movie, you, cause you don't even really have to use mall in the TV series, maybe a, hol- a hologram or something. But then if he needs to come full front in that movie, you get the drama of that character coming to the big screen again. Cause people would yeah, freak the hell out. It's tough. Cause I don't think we're ever going to see Han Solo interact with Kira or Maul like, or Kira ever again or Maul ever. You don't think Han Solo and Kira will interact again? I don't think so. I think that might've been the last time they see each other unless there is a sequel and she dies or something. And, but I think her leaving him and ditching him after that, after this movie was a lesson that Han learned and why he kind of does not settle down for any other woman until he meets Leia. Uh, So I think that was the whole point of Kira. Kira kind of betraying to Han. He like to Han, it looks like Kira betrayed him. So I think that was the whole point of that. And I don't think, like, I think if you do Crimson Dawn and Maul, it's separate from Han. Like, if you do a Han Solo sequel, I think it's going to be its own adventure, like, separate from Kira and Crimson Dawn. And, I, hey, I want both. <laughs> I'll take both. But Who's to say they both can't happen? 
they they could and they they almost could be completely separate because yeah. i felt like because maul says let's go figure out what to do about uh beckett and his accomp or his uh the people who are with him whatever accomplices but i feel like kira's gonna veer him away from thinking that ever finding out who han solo and chewbacca were yeah because if he does he's gonna go try to kill them and we know that doesn't happen. <laughs> Do we think it's a matter of when, not if, there will be some type of like crime syndicate live action show on Disney Plus? It's yeah, it's if or it's when, when. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I agree, and it might not be Crimson Dawn, but they're going to do something with yeah. that. It, it's it's prime. It. I think I do think that at some point, uh, Star Wars is going to start adopting what Marvel did and putting genres within genre. And Solo is kind of the first part of that with the heist aspect and the crime aspect uh, could be something that they very like, like the Cassian Andor series is going to be a very politically spy thriller type of show. Obi-Wan, we're yet yet to be determined, right? Mandalorian, a Western, right? They're kind of already adopting genres within genre or within a genre. And I do think that crime aspect will for sure be adopted at some point. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, and uh, Kira, well, Kira okay. being a crime boss would be perfect because, yes, like they, we've seen so many TV shows or movies where there's a male crime boss, like seeing, and she, it's already set up perfectly. She could easily just slide into that, like she takes over uh, Paul Bettany's role in in Dryden uh, boss. yeah Dryden Boss's role in the Crime Syndicate in Crimson Dawn, and boom, Lady Crime Boss, that'd be dope. And if anyone's going to be a lady crime boss, I think people would get behind her pretty freaking quickly. Well, and yeah, she's going to have to find a Star Wars creature. She can handle herself too. Like I love how, her fight at the end where mm-hmm. and when she kills. Yeah, yeah. Boss, so so she like dope. slides and does that. Like, yeah, and like so she uses, gets her weapon on the, or his weapon on the thing and puts it in his chest. Just so cool. So dope. So dope. She would um, be a badass. Right. Well, there it is, guys. This week's Padawan podcast. I think that wraps up our uh, our solo discussion. Make solo two happen. Uh, make sure you guys are let's sharing do it, it all over <laughs> all over social media. Um, and let's let's try to you know we're we're a small small band of rebels, but we're trying to fight for a good cause here. Um, so rebels hashtag make, hashtag make solo two happen. But uh, yeah, so make sure you guys are letting us letting us know down below in the comments what you think of solo. Um, we would love to hear from you guys on this movie because it is a widely uh, widely thought of movie and very, very different opinions. So we would love to hear. We we, we all have the same opinion. And so uh, if you guys have a very different opinion, if you're listening, if you're watching, we'd love to hear from you guys. Whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on a uh, on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Google, any of the podcast platforms, please leave us a comment. We would love to hear from you guys. You guys can also find us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Apocalypse Movies. Very very simple there. Um, and then our personal our personal ones right down there below. So um, this is the normal panel. Uh, Pat on podcast is usually every Tuesday, but because of Memorial, Memorial Day, we push it back a day this week and we hope you enjoyed the show. So uh, for Brian, for Jacob, for myself, this is the Pat on podcast for Apocalypse Movies. We thank you for joining us. We will see you guys next week and may the force be with you.